Grab your Bibles tonight and look in the book of Colossians. We're going to look in the Word of God this evening. In the book of Colossians, chapter number 4, Paul has reached the end of his exhortation here to the church at Colossae. He's encouraging the saints, and specifically in our text this evening, which is verse number 17 and 18, he is talking to Archippus. I'm thankful tonight that God knows what we need. Paul, for some reason, out of the middle of all of this that he's writing, in the inspiration of God, for some reason is closing this letter and he feels led to encourage Archippus. He he calls him by name and he says, hey, here's something that you need to be doing and Beloved, let me just say to you that wherever you're at, God knows, and He knows what you need. I'm thankful that we have friends that are faithful, that love us, that God brings into our life, and sometimes they admonish us, sometimes they encourage us. I recall as I was studying this, just thinking about times in my life, and I remember one time a friend admonished me and didn't say a word. (laughs) he was just in my presence and I was doing something that was a little less than becoming of a Christian. I know that's hard to believe how I look like an angel up here. But I was was doing something that wasn't really something that, that I should be doing. And I remember it was almost like Peter when he looked up and he saw Christ. It's just a man. I didn't see Christ, but I saw another Christian who looked at me with a disappointed face, and he reproved me. He didn't say a word, but I felt it. I said, man, I messed up. This is not how a Christian should be acting. This is not what a Christian should be doing. I'm thankful God gives us friends like that to help us, to encourage us, maybe to admonish us or reprove us. But God knows what we need. And he brings those kind of people into our life, and he did so for Archippus here. We don't know exactly what was going on in his life. Maybe Archippus was getting a little distracted. Maybe investing time down at the wool factory, preparing and dyeing fabric for sale, as the city of Colossae was very well known for that fabric that they sold Maybe he was participating in trade along the established route there in the Lucas Valley. Three cities there in the Lucas Valley on on an established trade route between those cities. Maybe he was investing time in there. And we see Paul kind of point to Archippus and say, hey, you're missing something. Would you look down at verse number 17 in Colossians chapter number 4? He said to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received of the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The salutation by the hand of Paul, remembering my bonds, grace be with you. Amen. He closes this letter out and he gives us three thoughts here that I would like to give you tonight. I would like to speak with you about the source of the ministry, about the struggle of the ministry and about the satisfaction of the ministry. He tells us to take heed to it, to fulfill it, 
Tonight I want to preach on fulfill thy ministry. Fulfill thy ministry. Lord, as we come to you right now, I turn this message over to you. Lord, you know I'm just a vessel. On my best day, I'm still just a sinner saved by grace. But we know that your word is powerful, that it's true, that your word has the answers. And the challenge tonight given to Archippus by Paul and extended to the church at Colossae and to all of us, I pray, Lord, would resonate in our hearts this evening and stir up within us what needs to be stirred. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, beloved, there are some who feel that only those whose call upon their life is to be in what we call a full-time capacity, somebody whose trade or uh, occupation has brought them to a place of service in a church where they actually receive pay for it, have a ministry like that. But I would say that every one of us, all of us, have ministry. All of us have ministry that God wants us to fulfill, that God wants us to accomplish. Minister to minister is to serve. To minister is to fulfill or take care of that with which you have been made an overseer or a steward of. This word ministry here literally means to attend to as a servant. To attend to as a servant. Now it's Christ who has established this standard. Not by stating it to us. Not by telling us this is what we should do. But by being the example In Mark chapter 10, verse 44 and 45, he said, And whosoever of you will be chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So I want you to see, first of all tonight, the source of that ministry we have been given. He says to Archippus there, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received. What are the next three words? In the Lord, in the Lord, that we've received in the Lord. This is a ministry given to us by God. This is something that has, by God's divine wisdom and God's divine appointment, he has entrusted to you and I. He has given us a point and an area, a service to fulfill for him. Beloved, God has made you and I stewards of a ministry. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 our verses we're very familiar with. But verse 10 may be a little less familiar, but just as important. He says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and then not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But then he goes on, and he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It is by God's divine appointment that we have a ministry, something that we're supposed to be fulfilling, an area of service, some work that we're supposed to be getting done. That's what God wants for you and I. We are to be stewards of it. Beloved, I don't believe that this is something that's optional. I don't believe it's something that we can take up today and put down tomorrow. 
I believe if God has, in His infinite wisdom, appointed an area of ministry to you, it is a responsibility that you take up with all solemnness and seriousness and committed to fulfill. There are many areas that we could apply this and dig into, but as I look out amongst the crowd tonight, I see many husbands sitting next to their wives, fathers with their children. You've got a ministry. You've got something that God has committed to your care. It's something you cannot just choose to disregard or forget or neglect. But we've got to take it on with fervency and and with passion and, and accomplish it to the best of our ability. It's not something that we can forsake. God has made you a steward. We know that he has given each of us gifts. Romans chapter 12, you know, verse 1 and 2, those great verses on submitting your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. We know the verses. But that passage of Scripture goes on and describes for us the gifts that he has given to the church. I don't know exactly what verse it begins or where it starts, but he says, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Beloved, God has given you a gift, and it is our duty and responsibility to fulfill and use that gift to accomplish the ministry He's given us. You see, He's enabled you to fulfill and do what He's called you to do. He has given you what is needed. He has given you a gift to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. And we need to use those gifts to accomplish that ministry. Now, what a joy and what a privilege we have to be able to use those gifts for even our own life and maybe even our own gain. You know, some people that God has gifted with maybe an area of administration helps them to be able to secure a great job and get great income. But they ought to be using that gift to do something for God. Some people, you know, it, it, it just, I'm not a really compassionate, touchy-feely kind of guy. <laughs> but, so I, I, I don't want to say it breaks my heart, but I want to, I want to say that it grieves me Every time I see one of these young people on these superstar shows on, on AGT and star this or star that, and they get up and they sing, and then they tell their story and they talk about how they always sung in church growing up. How they, they, they God gave them an ability with their voice God blessed them and allowed them in the house of God to develop and to grow that ability. And now they're going to take it and use it in the world. They're going to neglect or forget that ministry. You know, uh, hey, Stephen, come up here. I have a gift for you tonight. A gift. I'm going to give this to you. 
this is a gift, but in giving this to you, I have something for you to fulfill. When church is over, I want you to go to the bookstore and buy me a Mountain Dew. (laughs) So I'm going to give this to you. Now, this is your gift. That's for you. I've given it to him, but at the same time, I've also instructed him or given him something to do with it. Now, there's $2 there. You know, God blesses us above and beyond. God is not saying that, listen, you've got an ability to sing. You can't use it to sing happy birthday to your children. You can only, only sing in church. No, you get to use that for many things. But you ought to be using it to fulfill the ministry that God gave you to do. Because it came from God. You can have those dollars. As long as you buy me a Mountain Dew after church. <laughs> now, that's not too much to ask, is it? I gave him $2. says, hey, would you take one of those and buy me a Mountain Dew? And God has blessed us above and beyond and given us so many abilities, gifts. And we're to use those. That's what Peter said. He said in 1 Peter 4.10, And every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. As you've got a gift from God, use it to minister to one another. Even as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God's enlisted you, and he's equipped you to fulfill a duty, a ministry, an area of responsibility that we have. And it starts with you and I taking heed to it. This is where we see the struggle. The struggle of the ministry is the taking heed part. He says, take heed to thy ministry, to the ministry. Take heed to the ministry. See, this is the struggle because, beloved, it takes work. What if Stephen got distracted after church talking to Caleb and Josh and they were playing games and then Miss Darcy said, hey, it's practice time and you got to get over here and get this practicing done. And, and then uh, I went downstairs and I was in a meeting and he never saw me again and it never crossed his mind and he went home with my $2. Well, they're not mine anymore. I gave them to him. But something distracted him from accomplishing the work that I gave him to do. A lot of times there's things in this life that are distracting us from accomplishing the work that God wants us to do. That's why Paul said to to, uh, Archippus, he said, hey, take heed to thy ministry. That means give mindful thought. Give considerate uh, attention to. Using your mind to think about and contemplate the ministry that you have. Paul told his son in the faith not to neglect The gift in 1 Timothy 4, verses 12, 13 and 14. He says, let no man despise thy use, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Oh, you're awake now. Amen. Everybody was awake. You guys are being very attentive. Neglect not the gift that's in thee. He says, Paul, you got a gift from God. Don't neglect it. Don't get distracted. Don't get busy doing other things. He was telling, telling his son of the faith, Timothy, he says, Timothy, you need to take some heed to that. You need to give some thought to it. 
We're, we're getting power outages somewhere. It happens a lot here. Can I tell you, beloved, that the law of entropy applies everywhere in our life? The law of entropy is the basic law of universal decay. It's the fact that things left to themselves will begin to decay. You can do whatever you want. The new paint job is going to fade. If it's left to himself and it's never, never washed or never waxed or never cleaned up, it's going to begin to fade. The new carpet is going to begin to get worn down and begin to tear. And especially if you don't ever take heed to it, if you don't ever vacuum it or clean it, that dirt's going to get in there and wear it out really fast. You've got to take some heed to it. The roof is going to begin to leak. If you don't cut them branches away so that the roof is not getting scraped up by the, the, the arms of the tree, you've got to take some heed to it. You know that applies to our life spiritually? Everything disintegrates over time. This is why Paul says to take heed to the ministry. Beloved, is there something distracting you tonight? Besides the <laughs> PA system? <laughs> Besides the lights flashing? Hey, you wanted a light show. <laughs> Not really, you guys didn't want one, praise the Lord. I'm glad you don't want one. Paul said to Timothy, if you're going to stay on fire for God, you, you, it's going to take some struggle. You see, you're going to have to struggle against some conflict. You know, Satan's going to attack. You're going to have to struggle because Satan's going to come in and try and put the fire out. You might have to struggle against some friends or family who don't like your passion for God. Your desire to be in God's house or your desire to serve the Lord or why are you so spirit? Why do you got to talk about spiritual things all the time? Why you always got to say praise the Lord or, or amen or, you know, give God the credit? Because it all came from Him. You might have to struggle against some conflict to keep the fire burning, you might have to struggle against some complacency. You know, complacency sets in. The heart of any believer who allows himself just to drift. Before you know it, you're cold and your passion for God is gone. Maybe you don't outright reject God, you just start to neglect God. Complacency. You know, no matter how The word, why does my mind go blank? No matter how sincere you are, a fire left to itself goes out. That's what happens. In the heart of a believer, your passion for Christ, your love for God, is going to go out if you don't take heed to it. If you don't give it some attention, if you don't contemplate and think about what it is that God has done for you and what it is that he wants you to accomplish. 
You're going to have to struggle against the cares of this world. Demas gave up the struggle. We don't know what was going on in the life of Archippus. But there's something that was distracting him. You know, Archippus, his name means master of the horse or ruler of the horse. I wonder if he loved horses. I wonder if he was a uh, spending too much time down at the equestrian center instead of his call to ministry. And Paul was just telling him, hey, let's get back to what's important. Let's think about what God has called you to do, Archippus. Colossae was just about 10 miles down the road from Laodicea. I wonder, beloved, if the saints at Laodicea would have read this letter to Colossae. Actually, I believe with my understanding of of the New Testament times that it was the habit of the churches to receive the letter and then pass it around from church to church. So I believe that they probably did read it. It's very possible that Archippus was the pastor at the church at Laodicea. We don't know. But But here's what I wonder. If they would have heeded this, would we not read about them in the book of Revelation? You see, the book of Revelation tells us about them. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Beloved, you've got to keep the fire going. If they would have taken heed, I wonder if that would not be the testimony in the book of Revelation of that church, the church of Laodicea, as a lukewarm church. And Christian, if we don't take heed, if we don't stir up the gift that is in us, the fire will go out. The passion and desire to serve God and to, to present Christ to the world and to live how God wants us to live, it's going to wane. It will grow cold. We need to be reminded of what is most important. Hopes are okay. Hobbies are fun. But we've got to give heed to the ministry that God has called us to. Then I want you to see, lastly, this evening, the satisfaction of the ministry. He says to Archippus there, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received of the Lord, that thou fulfill it. That thou fulfill it. Therein lies the satisfaction. I, I have had this conversation with many people in recent days that true satisfaction comes through the fulfillment of an accomplished desire. The, the, the setting of a goal, the pursuing of a, of a mission, and the accomplishing of that. I mean, having victory, desiring to accomplish something and seeing it happen. Man, when you bring something to completion, there's satisfaction there. What a joy. You have that project on your project list for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you say, I'm going to get this done. And you get after it and you get it done. And man... Wow, you're wore out, but you've got lots of energy because you're excited about accomplishing that job. Finally, after all this time, I got it done. 
It's exciting. There is nothing like fulfillment. Fulfill thy ministry. You want to have satisfaction in this life? You want to have joy and fulfillment in this life? Fulfill the ministry that God has given you to do. I think of the words of Paul, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Paul said, I did it. Or even a greater example, I consider the words of Christ. He said, I've glorified thee on earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. You know, beloved, there's nothing quite like desire accomplished. Proverbs 13, 19 says, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. I know everyone in here could talk about goals that you set, things you wanted to do, and you saw it accomplished. And the joy that was there, the, the victory that was there, the satisfaction that you, that you did it. You know what? Even some of the hardest things you've ever done was the greatest satisfaction in the end. Because it wasn't easily attained, but you did it. I've been trying to lose weight. Can I tell you, this is really difficult. (laughs) I mean, I cannot believe how much effort and mind power this ridiculous task (laughs) is taking of my time. It's just a few pounds. It's just pumpkin pie. What's the big deal? (laughs) I mean, come on. It's such a hard task. But you know with each level, each area of of goal that I've set, when I achieved it, I was like, woohoo, all right. I made it. I'm in one notch on my belt and my pants are falling down. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's exciting. My daughter heard that I was in a notch in my belt, and she says, are you going to get back into your gray suit? <laughs> it's bad your kids know the suits don't fit you anymore. <laughs> you know, like it's been a few years since you wore that one. I said, I know. I wore the coat for a long time after I quit wearing the pants, you know. <laughs> I had to stop wearing those. Yeah, when my legs were turning blue, you know. <laughs> I said, well, I've got to stop wearing these. But listen, there's nothing like Achieving the victory. And if we have that much joy and satisfaction over the victories achieved or things accomplished that are just temporal, how much more fulfilling is the achievement of the ministry that God has given us? I can tell you this tonight. If you've had the privilege of leading a soul to Jesus Christ you will attest to the fact that is one of the greatest joys that you've had of your life. What a thrill. But if we're going to do it, we've got to realize it's a responsibility given to us by God. It's going to take us giving some mindful thought, taking heed to it. And that's when we'll get the success, to enjoy the victory of it.